Well, I wonder if you've ever had an inheritance. When my father died, my inheritance consisted of a bale of orange plastic baler string that farmers used. It's not run out yet. And a blue metal toolbox with some rusty spanners in. I think we bought him the toolbox for his birthday, but it's full of rusty spanners. I've not found a use for them yet, but I'm still hopeful. But whether you've had an inheritance in this life or not, it doesn't matter. More important is, have you a spiritual inheritance, an eternal inheritance? For we brought nothing into this world and we'll take nothing out. So it matters not what we may have inherited in this life. But there's one thing that's required for us to have an inheritance. There must be a death. And in order for us to have a spiritual inheritance, there had to be a death. And that death was of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are three things to notice about that death. Firstly, it was planned. Jesus did not die through accident. He didn't die because the Jewish religious leaders decided that it was what they desired. It was a good thing for them to do, to get rid of him. It was all in the plan of God. It was his will. In Luke 22, verse 42, we read, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Those are the words of Jesus shortly before his betrayal and arrest. It was the will of God that he should come and die for us. It was God's eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. We make our plans, but we've got no guarantee that they will be accomplished. But God's plan could not be thwarted. He is sovereign. He is in control. So when he plans something, it happens. And so it was with the Lord Jesus. God's plan was for him to die at the hands of the authorities. So it was not an accident. It was not something devised of man. Man was just the means through which God accomplished his plan. His plan for an eternal inheritance. And there was, of course, a purpose in that. When we make plans, it's with an end in view. We sometimes have something which we wish to achieve. There is a name which we wish to accomplish. And so it was with God when he sent the Lord Jesus. There was an end in view. There was that most costly end for the Lord Jesus. That means of providing a means of redemption for sinners. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 18 we read. Therefore, as through one man's suffering, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So through Adam, all have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a means of redemption provided for sinners. So if God's plans are certain and will be accomplished, so it follows his purposes are fulfilled as it was in the coming of Lord Jesus. 
God's purpose was to provide a means of salvation for sinners. And so thirdly, there is a provision. God's plan with a purpose was that purpose was to make provision of a means of salvation for sinners. Because of the sin of the first man, Adam, we, his descendants, are all born with a sinful nature. You don't have to teach children to do wrong because they already have that ability from birth. In, we're going to read Psalm 51 for our uh, sacramental uh, reading. And in that, the King David speaks of this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in, my, in sin my mother conceived me. So we are born sinners uh, from birth. And God being holy and righteous means that sinners are under condemnation. They will be judged and found guilty and cast out from God's presence. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves righteous. We cannot earn our way to God. So of ourselves there is no hope, but God has provided hope. God has provided a means of us being redeemed. God has provided a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, let us consider relationship, our relationship to God. Well, if I die tonight, it's no good all of you queuing up to claim my blue toolbox as your inheritance because to do so, you have to be related. And we read in Numbers 27 how the inheritance of the children of Israel was clarified in relation to the daughters of Zelophehad. Laws and principles were set out at God's command regarding the inheritance of the lands in the Promised Land. And in our land, there are laws relating to inheritance. There is uh, laws which specify who can inherit there is an order of precedence. And so God has set out who shall have the inheritance that is there following the death of the Lord Jesus. We are not related to God. We are not naturally members of his family. We are creatures and he is the creator. We have no natural relationship to him. So then how can we be accepted by him? It is only by adoption. And first of all, there is the call that goes out to all men everywhere. God, in the gospel, calls out to all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So the call of the gospel goes out to every man, all men everywhere, to repent and turn to the Lord Jesus as Saviour and Redeemer, to confess their sins and seek forgiveness and salvation in him. It's a universal call. We are to pray, proclaim the gospel to all men everywhere, in every country, in every tribe, in every nation. There are none who do not need to hear this wondrous message of salvation that is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So why are there so few of us here this morning? Why is this not place not packed with people desiring to know this salvation? desiring to know sins forgiven. Well, secondly, because only those who are chosen, those who are dead in sin cannot raise themselves. We are lost of ourselves. 
We need to hear the we need the working of God within us, the power of God upon us to turn us from darkness to light, to bring us to see that we are lost and we are sinners. The natural man is blind, spiritually blind. He cannot see the truth. There are so many scriptures that tell us of this. We'll just turn to James chapter 2 and verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? God, even before the world was, had marked out a people. He had chosen them, and they are the ones who hear the call and turn to him. And when we do that, we are then converted. We are brought from death to life. We are brought out of darkness into the glorious light of the gospel. Know that we have a great uh, treasure in heaven. Have you heard that call? Have you turned from your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you rejoiced in knowing your sins are forgiven, knowing the glorious light of the gospel shining upon you? Oh, have your eyes been opened to the truth? And so when we hear that call, when we respond to it, when we turn to the Lord Jesus, we then inherit a great spiritual and glorious inheritance as we read in Peter. Inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So it's a perfect inheritance. There's no sin in heaven. There's no imperfection. We read in Revelation that there's no more sickness or dying, no more pain or sorrow. How wondrous that is. We cannot comprehend what it must be like to be in that situation where there is nothing sinful. For all in this world is sinful, is the result of the fall. But in heaven, it's perfect, it's glorious, it's wondrous. How we should desire that, how we should seek it. And it's prepared for us, prepared for those who trust in the Lord Jesus for salvation. It's Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. There is a place prepared for us there when we are in him. Oh, how wondrous it is. Whatever we face in this world, whatever turmoil or trials or difficulties come to us, we know that we have a place prepared for us in that glorious place called heaven. How wondrous that is. There is no sin there. It's undefiled. It's incorruptible. It cannot, sin cannot enter in there. It is perfect. And oh, it is permanent, reserved in heaven for you, that does not fade away. It's there forever. How wondrous that is. We know not how long this world will last, for there is a day coming when it will end. God has said so in his word. No one knows that day, that time, but heaven is a permanent place, a permanent home for all who are trusting in the Lord Jesus, for all who rejoice in him. So have you a spiritual inheritance? Have you heard the call of the gospel? Have you 
sought the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been turned from your sins to holiness and righteousness in him? Do you have that glorious eternal prospect of heaven? Oh, may it be so for each one of us here this morning. Amen.